the Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Are you, uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hey, Hosa, welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the podcast about the hit 90s sitcom The Nanny, starring Fran Drescher. This is a podcast starring me, Shondi Pasquale, and Toria Sheffield. That's right. And we are here talking about season two's finale, season two, episode 26, Fran Gets Mugged. Uh, an episode yeah. that I thought was going to be much more of a dramatic, very special episode than it ended up being. And I was thankful for that. Oh, oh my gosh. I have the exact same note. Um, and also, uh, this is obviously the episode where Fran gets mugged. But to complicate it, she has a very valuable historical artifact in her purse. So it <laughs> complicates things with Mr. Sheffield as well. Um, and I'll also say that um, – this was a really fun episode. I really enjoyed it. Didn't feel like a finale. I'm still okay with it. They probably knew they were getting renewed for season three, so it didn't have to. Um, I stand by what I said a couple weeks ago, which is that episode 24 was the original planned last episode of the season, and then they got two bonus episodes, and they chose to use one of them as a backdoor pilot, and the other one, they probably burned a story that they had, maybe for second season. Um, we do get... And I and I <clears throat> truly, truly believe that the last scene in this episode uh, between Fran and Mr. Sheffield was in there as sort of like a, oh, oh, like it might get intimate. For sure, and then for it sure. kind of doesn't, <laughs> you sure. know. Um, yeah, it teases, it teases, just as it, it teases. should. It's perfect. Yeah. But, but I truly believe episode 24 was the much stronger last episode of this season. Wait, which, which was the – which was 24? Which... Oh, God. Don't ask me to remember. I don't know. <laughs> but it was great. <laughs> so you stand by what you said. You just don't know what – you just don't know what it was. <laughs> I just don't know why I'm saying it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel... remember if it was when they got – they were caught in bed. We kept saying there was two horny episodes in a row and now I just don't – there was the – Oh, right. It was Strange Bedfellows. It was, okay, it okay. was, it was the episode where um, – Fran takes too yes. much. Uh, she drinks too much, and he's and he's uh, uh, high on cold medicine. Okay. And she ends up in bed with him, and and then that that's the episode that ends with Niles going, "Ugh, it's going to take forever to get them together." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's like a great button for like the end of a season of like he's like like all right, we're resetting up. What is the show? It's like you know we're trying to get these two crazy kids to just be together. Yeah, you know. Yep. Um, um, well, in this episode, we start off by establishing that Mr. Sheffield is lending an original page from one of Shakespeare's notebooks to the Met for a big fundraiser. Found out it's been in his family for centuries. It was his uncle's. His uncle just died. And he's super, super pleased because of all the status he thinks that this is going to give him. And I <laughs> it's like, not just is it like a page, because like when I first heard page from the notebook, I was like, oh, that's cool. It's like just random notes or whatever. But like then later Fran reads like stuff from the page and it's literally like all in this one ripped off notebook page is like, is like the idea for Hamlet and like well, <laughs> Lady of Verona. I'll also <laughs> say this, the fact that Mr. Sheffield is just handling this piece of, of parchment <laughs> and just leaves it on his desk horrifying well that was the other thing when he gets mad at fran for like taking it it's like well dude you just left it laying on your desk it's not even in like a in like a fancy slip case or anything (laughs) like truly truly he's 
I would say the most at fault here, but incredibly irresponsible. So, so that's happening. Um, at which point Fran comes in with Brighton, they are bickering because he does not want to go pick up his glasses. And he's basically like, I hate how I look in glasses. I'm going to look like a total dork. And he says it just as he's looking at Mr. Sheffield, who's wearing glasses. And he's like, but, um, you look great in them, dad. Um, and Brighton is, he's big now. He's, he's, he's a tween. He's not a little boy. He's a tween. He's not quite a teen yet, but he's, he's like one or two apps away. It's, it's going to be. And Maggie continues her journey to looking identical to Cece. (laughs) Yeah, very true. And we, and you know, who knows what Maggie's up to? We true. I mean, Gracie, we truly have hardly glimpsed her in weeks. Um, I mean, we find out at the end of this episode, Gracie's going to ballet class. That's the update. That's true. true. (laughs) Well, and it's funny because so Brighton storms out and Fran goes, oh, well, I'll say this. They also, um, Mr. Sheffield and Cece have these invitations for the big fundraiser that, you know, um, that they're hosting with this, that where they're going to donate this piece of uh, notebook to the Met, blah, blah, yes. blah. So Fran comes in, Brighton runs out, and she goes, I don't know why he is being so vain. At which point she picks up a gala invitation and squints at it and goes, black guy optional, <laughs> which got a big laugh out of me. Uh, obviously, it was supposed to be black tie, but she's not wearing her glasses. Her glasses, yeah. because she's also vain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so – we, we set all this up, and um, as Mr. Sheffield and Cece stand up to leave for a meeting, uh, Mr. Sheffield turns around and goes, oh, Miss um, Fine, do you want to take the car when you take uh, Brighton to get his glasses? And she's like, no, no, it's a beautiful day. Um, we'll walk. And then he's like, okay. And he's like, there's also – there's a list of errands on my desk if you could do them while you're out. Well, he also kind of gives her – he gives her a little bit of shit for walking where he's like, why would you walk? It's like so dangerous and you're going to have to walk through the park and it's like a nightmare out there. And I mean, you know, keep in mind, this is New York in the 90s. So like it was sort of a nightmare, but like not really the nightmare that they're making it out to be. But, but also I've always found this really wealthy people are – they always think things are very dangerous. Like I mean yeah. I've ridden the bus in LA for years and there's people who have never ridden the bus and they they literally think I'm like stepping into a crack den every day. Yeah, same. When I was taking public transportation here too, people would look at me like I was insane. Yeah. And I was like, guys, there's no one on it. Have you ever been to New York? Like yeah. <laughs> you can take the subway here when you're like lucky enough to get the one line that like goes to the one place it goes to. And it's clean and they tell you, you know, there's digital displays. And, and like, it's, it's empty. Dream. There's no one on the subway here. It's crazy. If you Take a subway one time in New York, you'll be like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just got leprosy. Um, <laughs> but so, um, so yeah, we established that, you know, Mr. Sheffield had offered the town car to them and, you know, was a little surprised she didn't take it. And then also uh, he asked her to pick up the the list for him with errands on it on his desk. Yes. So he leaves. Fran, who's now the only one left in the office, she walks over to the desk and she picks up a piece of paper, but it's not the right one. She has picked up the Shakespearean era, literal Shakespearean. Yeah, parchment, (laughs) which is – it's small. It's probably like the size of a little bigger than a note card. And she squints at it and she goes, Hamlet of Denmark? Why can't he just write small Danish ham? (laughs) And she goes, Montague Capulets? But what strength? And then she goes, oh, I guess it's whatever I want. It says right here, as you like it. I don't know about you. I Even though this is such an absurd premise – and obviously, this would never happen. I literally went, no. Yeah, it same. was such, it was such, I was like, oh, you know, just thinking about how valuable this was. Well, again, um, it's like if you happen to have a random piece of Shakespeare notebook, what is the chances that you're going to get the piece of Shakespeare's notebook that he literally has written like 
all of his best stuff on. <laughs> like, I mean, it was, it, I mean, all of it, all of it. Like, as a, as a, a person who appreciates historical artifact, I was, I was, cre- I was so like, it's like, it's like that. in real life, this would be the piece of paper that he wrote down the names of the main warring families from Romeo and Juliet and the idea for Hamlet and for, uh, what is it, Lady of Verona? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, truly, had you just if, – if you just owned an original grocery list that Shakespeare had written, it, it would be million, worth millions. Um, but uh, – so this was just – it's huge. But it's I huge. think, you know, you also have to remember, like, you know, this is going on network television. Like, you – it had to be the biggest, yeah. most recognizable um, – parts of the Shakespeare canon for these jokes to land. It's also like 200 year old parchment. (laughs) So, but I just mean like, if you're going to be making these, like you're not going to do like some obscure Shakespearean sonnet that only a theater geek is going to know about. You're going to do the heavy hitters to make these, to be able to make these jokes. Um, But so we then cut to, to, so Fran and Brighton are in the park. He's wearing his new glasses and he's, he's looking around the park and he's like, wow, I'm noticing all these fine details I've never noticed before. And then he just, he pauses very abruptly and looks at her and goes, how old are you? Which got a real laugh A real laugh. It, yes, it was delivered very well. I think he's- great. He's a very, he's the funniest of the three kids by far. His, his delivery has always been great and it's, it's still good. Yes, um, yes. And you know, and they're in this park. They're in this like little area of Central Park where uh, there's lots of people out. It's not dark. It's broad daylight. But in broad daylight, um, a guy with pantyhose over his head snatches Fran's purse and runs off. And then um, we have this moment that is, as you said earlier, it's definitely played for laughs. I have a note that said, if we had any concerns that this was going to be a very special episode, you know right now there's no risk of it. And it's one of the thing where Fran looks at Brighton and she goes – Brighton, we've been mugged. And then they both go, ah! and they both they run around the park, around a bench. They bump into each other. They run back around a bench. Like she shakes him, he shakes her. And then she's like, he's like, Fran, don't worry. I got this. And then he passes out. Immediately passes um, out. Well, first she goes, at least we have all these witnesses. And then every like normal person that's standing in the park at that point, like all scatters. Like yes. no one wants to be a witness. They all run away. Um, you, you also... Right before she gets mugged, this guy walks up to them in like a long trench coat and he like opens the trench coat and there's all these like lines that you think they're looking at. Like you think they're getting flashed and they're looking at like his junk. And then Fran's like, like at, like at one point Brighton goes like, oh man, I wish I had one of those. And Fran goes like, what are you talking about? You and your father both have one of these. And he's like, yeah, but it's not that big. And then <laughs> we see that he's selling them knockoff Rolex watches and mm-hmm. that's important because at the end, but but yeah, yeah. So basically, it's like it's everything. It's every New York trope and stereotype where it's like they get flashed in the park, but then it's a guy selling knockoff watches. But then she gets bugged, and then nobody wants to be a witness. Yeah, and then Brighton faints, and it's yeah. like you know. Yeah. Then we cut back to now we're at the Sheffield home again. Yes, um, and <laughs> Mr. Sheffield and Niles are consoling them um, because France France having a meltdown. Because at first she's very calm about it until she realizes that her purse had her favorite red lipstick in it. And she goes, they don't make it anymore. The FDA discontinued the dye. What are they even doing in cosmetics? <laughs> like she's so she's so upset. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she's not – you know, she's 
they're taking it relatively okay. Brighton is clearly very embarrassed that he didn't, you know, react with more bravado. No, and and then we get like a weird hat on a hat on a hat where we find out that not did we not only did he pass out, which we saw, yes. but he also puked and peed his pants. <laughs> and Fran goes. No, because this actually gets established later because he comes later and it's like, I just wish I'd protected you. And she's like, oh, she goes, Brighton, all you did was pass out, puke, and pee. And she's like, <laughs> you were in Central Park. You fit right in. <laughs> but so but so, in this scene, you know, they're, they're sitting on the couch and there's a knock at the door. And Niles goes, oh, that must be the police so we can file a police report. And Fran's like, oh, I told you I didn't want you to call them. I don't want to talk to them. Which I was like, thank you, Fran, A cab. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, this police officer, to be fair, he doesn't do much, but, you know, he does nothing. He's completely Um, useless. But so, um, but no sooner does Fran say she doesn't want to talk to the police, does a handsome uh, detective walk in. And at which point she goes, I'm the victim. I'm the victim. And And she faints into his arms. Pretends to faint into his arms. Yeah. And, you know, she basically gives him the description. And then uh, he goes, he goes, I'm Detective Schoenfeld. And she goes, oh, an NYPD Jew. Yes. Yes. And Mr. Sheffield is clearly very unhappy with her reaction to this handsome detective. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, look at her. Like just a second ago, she said she's fine. And now she's fawning over him. Um, and I think that Niles even says like, sir, do you want me to get the little wings that the stewardess gave you on the airplane? <laughs> Basically being like, oh, are you being a little baby? <laughs> um, and he goes, he goes, I don't even know where those wings are. And he goes, they're in your jewelry box, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, there's two things. As we said before, when we established that Mr. Sheffield is just a little baby who – It's Niles, It's always funny. And I also laugh because um, it's very clear that with um, with Brighton, the evil does not fall for fall far from the tree because yeah. I think that's – I think passing out and would have been exactly how Mr. Sheffield reacted oh, to the same thing. Um, but so the next day, Fran is sitting on the couch in her pajamas. She clearly has like not gotten ready for the day. And it's also clear that she's – definitely experiencing some you know post-traumatic PTSD, stress yeah. yeah because she's jumping at every noise she's screaming at the smallest um you know, the smallest uh interruption when the girls try to leave for ballet class she's literally like go go stay low to the floor stay low to the floor stay away from men like you know the experiences has freaked her out yeah um and- she's scared to go outside and maggie offers to drive gracie to ballet yeah or walk this is the there, first time we see gracie and gracie's literally comes downstairs in like a pink tutu and I was like, why is Gracie dressed like that? And then she's like, well, I have to take her to ballet. And I was like, all right, fair. Question <laughs> um, answered. Well, yeah. and then so, – so we established that's happening. And then we cut to later that day, Mr. Sheffield's in his office. And it's, this made me laugh out loud. Out in the hallway outside, outside the office – Cece and Brighton walk by and Cece's kind of like shoving a finger in Brighton's face and she's going, ask yourself this, do you feel lucky? And Mr. Sheffield turns to Niles and he's like, what's that about? And Niles is like, oh, she's teaching Brighton how to quote, repel a man. So just the idea that (laughs) that Cece is very proud of her ability to like scare a predator. Yes. And you believe it. You believe it. Like she she would what it made me chuckle a lot that she's like, oh, this is how you deal with with these guys. Creeps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's at this moment though that Mr. Sheffield realizes the invaluable Shakespearean document is missing. And I wrote, yeah. then just don't leave it on your desk, man. Um, and Seriously. he, you know, he realizes He's furious. Yes. This is the angriest we've seen Mr. Sheffield. He says In a while. At one point he says to her, he says to Fran, 
because uh, she's like, I don't want to go to the police station because he's like, you got to go to the police station. You've got to figure out, like, you got to go identify the perp. And she goes, I don't want to go. And he goes, you can go and you can explain why you're toothless. And I was like, whoa, Mr. <laughs> Sheffield. Hubba, hubba. Well, yeah. And um, so basically, yes, it, when he realizes that it's gone, they realize that Fran was the last person in the room and they call her in and she realized, you know, they realized she took the wrong document. And he not only says that, but it made me laugh because he was like, I'm going to be a laughing stock of all of, New- of all of New York high society when like I can't deliver this document. And then she's like, well, maybe no one will go, meaning the, to the gala, at which point Cece comes running in and she goes, Maxwell. The guest list is in. It's sold out. And even Lady Di is coming. And it made me laugh because then Fran turns to Mr. Sheffield and she goes, Lady Di, I love can her. I go? Can I go? <laughs> like completely forgetting. Oh, right. That's when he says you can go and explain why you're toothless. Yes. Which yes, is like she, such a violent line. It's, it's like, violent line. Mr. Sheffield, well, you're going to punch her teeth out of her face? <laughs> Jesus. Well, also, he's being very callous because when he uh, – so there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of stuff that happens in this scene because – that's when he reveals to Cece that like that Miss Fine has taken the Shakespearean document and it is now completely gone. Cece screams, I'm going to kill you. She lunges at Fran, throws her down on the couch in Mr. Sheffield's office, grabs a pillow and starts smothering, smothering her. her. <laughs> Truly smothering her. It is this amazing beat of physical comedy. She's, you know, hovering over Fran with the pillow. Fran's uh, flailing her arms and legs while <laughs> on her back. And Niles just looks at Mr. Sheffield and he goes, Sir, aren't you going to stop her? And Mr. Sheffield goes, "Mm, eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then when Fran finally catches her breath, which only happens because Niles is like, sir, they've found the culprit and they need Miss Fran- they need Miss Fine to identify him. Yeah. That's when Mr. Chef is like, stop, stop, we need her alive. <laughs> and Fran's like, I don't want to identify him. Like, what if he ends up like wanting to get revenge on me and comes finds finds me to kill me? Because we've also established he has her purse, so he has her address, he has keys yeah. to the place. Like, you know, there's a whole thing. Yeah, her and, keys, everything. And when she goes, What if he wants to come and kill me? Mr. Sheffield goes, Well, he can get in line. <laughs> um, and so he basically drags her back. Back to the police station, mm-hmm. uh, or not back to? He drives her to the police station to do one of those like identification lineups with a bunch of guys. Yeah. Um, this really made me laugh because she's standing there uh, behind the glass, and she looks at the guys, and then she goes, "Can number four push his hair back?" And the handsome detective from earlier goes, "Like number four, put your hair back." And Fran nods, like satisfied. And, um, and yeah, and the cop goes, "Oh, is that the guy?" <laughs> she goes, "She goes, no, but doesn't he look better?" <laughs> so, uh, and then, well, and then she says, "I, you know, I can't tell it. I can't tell who's who." She's like, "You know, could you have him put on the the pantyhose?" <clears throat> Sorry, the awesome. <clears throat> She goes, um, I can't tell who's who. Can you have him put on the pantyhose? And as soon as they put on the pantyhose, she goes, that's him. The the one with the control top uh, yeah. waist. Like, yeah, she knows yeah, immediately like the, the co- type of pantyhose. Crotch c- cotton crotch and uh, control top. Yeah. Um, um, and, and so the- they, they identify him. They're like, it's number two. And uh, and he's like, oh, man. Like, he's just, he's like just bummed out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guy, he's like, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And then Mr. Sheffield turns to the detective and he's like, so, you know, can we – can we get our lost items back? And the detective literally starts cackling. He's like, this is your first time, isn't it? Like basically like you never get your stuff back when it gets stolen. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so- and he, he opens the door and goes, guys, you're never going to believe what this guy just said. And he like walks down the hallway to like tell the story of Mr. Yeah. Sheffield thinking he was going to get his stuff back. Which is sadly very true. Very um, true. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And then so the next day, Mr. Sheffield and Fran are back in Central Park. And he seems to actually have recovered and calmed down. No, we go home first. You go home first? Yeah, we go home first. And Mr. Sheffield is depressed and he's mad at Fran. And because the thing is missing. And then the cop shows up. And oh, he's right, right, like, right. and he's like, bad news. He's like, we got him, but he didn't get convicted of anything. Like, there just wasn't enough. Like, or, whatever. No, they said he's, but he had all he has to do is community service, and he right. got released. Right. He's so he's free again. And uh, Fran is like very upset. And then the cop, the cop, kind of like th- this was th- this was weird because basically, Mister Sheffield, the whole episode has been telling Fran that she's like not strong enough to like go walk in the park by herself and all this stuff. And then the cop is kind of like. Once, once they sort of turn on the cop and they're like, what do you mean he's gone? And like Fran starts freaking out and the cop says like something to Fran. And then Mr. Sheffield's like, Hey, you know, like she's a strong woman. And he's like, he's like, and I'm like, she's stronger than anyone. And, and she's like tough and like hold herself. And like, we don't need you. And he kind of like kicks the cop out of the the house. And then that's when he's like, he's like, we're going to take you back to the park and I'm going to show you that there's nothing to be afraid of. Well, what happens? I I don't think that he was, you know, trying to tell her she was, well, super. I don't think his like goal of the episode is you're a weak woman. I think he was more just like, I told you you should have taken the car. You were being really naive to think it was safe to walk. I, but he wasn't like overdoing it in a like you're a weak woman way. He, but she then asserts herself to Mr. Sheffield and is like, you know, don't call me naive. That's very condescending. And then the second this detective comes, she totally changes her tune and just wants to be sort of doted on and becomes a sort of wilting flower for this detective. Right. So then when this detective comes back at the end, and to uh to say sorry the guy got out and you know yeah there's a chance he'll come find you um fran kind of does the damsel in distress thing again which she's just been doing around the detective and the detective then goes so like you really need a man around the house that's clear which is a dig at mr sheffield and that's when mr sheffield is like firstly like there is a man around the house <laughs> that's when niles goes Sir, uh, I just laid out your pajamas. Would you like warm milk or hot cocoa? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Shelby is like, Niles, like, you're fired. But, he goes, Niles, you're fired. <laughs> but he's like, firstly, there is around the house. He's like, secondly, you know, she's a strong, independent woman. And I don't like the way she, you know, I don't like who she becomes around you, which I think is true. I think he doesn't like, you know, this version of her. And it is true. She is a strong, independent woman. So he actually ends up really complimenting her and revealing some of the things he really loves about her. Like at one point, he even and says like you know this is not the woman I know and and he's clearly about to say love but then he goes no not the woman I know and no so so there's some good stuff in there um, yeah. and and he basically kicks the detective out of the house and the detective goes well fine I guess I'll just you know put some um, give give that limo parked in the red zone out there some parking tickets and Mr. Chevy goes fine like give it all the tickets you want. And then when he closes the door, he goes, I feel bad for whoever's limo that is. <laughs> so yeah. it wasn't even his car. No. But so then that happens. It's kind of a nice moment. And Mr. Sheffield, I mean, honestly, I'm surprised he's 
over this Shakespeare, this Shakespeare thing so quickly because I would have been mad for months. But um, <laughs> but yeah. so the next day yep. they're at the park and you know he's now you know, not really angry anymore. And he's just taking her back there to sort of confront her demons and, you know, saying like, you know, you got to get back on the horse, Miss Fine. Realize there's really nothing to be afraid of. No sooner does he say that, do do they see the mugger now doing community service. And at first, Fran's really scared, but then the guy approaches him and he's like, wait, wait, wait. And, you know, he's kind of actually very dweeby, he's in glasses. And he's like, I just, I wanted to personally apologize. He's like, I'm not that guy. Like, I just have been really down on my luck. I lost my job. My car got, you know, um, compounded or whatever. And he's like, I'm living with my mother. I've never stolen anything in my life. And I want to apologize. And he's like, and I want to let you know, like, I actually saved this thing. It looked pretty important. And it's the document. And he gives it back to Mr. Sheffield. Which, whatever. (laughs) I know. I'm like, Somebody put this thing. Okay. Somebody at least laminate this thing. Um, But so yeah, that gets resolved. And then he's like, you know, and if you two are into Shakespeare, like I want to treat you to a a festival. And I'm also like, I thought he's broke. Where is he getting money for this festival? Yeah. But so they accept. And Fran even is very, she's very forgiving. She one thing, one little note that she said throughout this episode several times is like. You know, nobody's evil. We don't know what was going on with that guy. Like, even though she's scared of the mugger in certain ways, she's also like very much has this um, very empathetic approach to crime, actually. Yeah, I really – it was one of the more progressive moments that this show has had where you're like, oh, they actually handled this whole plot line really well because ultimately at the end of the day, they sort of defined for the audience that like – this type of crime is like a crime of poverty and not like an evil bad man who wants to like hurt women and steal their purses. It's like, he was just like a sad poor guy and he like stole a purse thinking he could get some money and stuff. You yeah. Know? And Fran is very much like, you know, she even says to Mr. Sheffield, she's like, forgive and forget. Yeah. Um, you know, and she, her, yeah, her, her go to after this incident is almost like, yeah, got like, um, we don't know what, what's going on in other people's lives. Yeah. Um, and, and then we get a callback to the flasher because it, then – so the, the robber guy is like, I, I have two random tickets to this Shakespeare fair thing and like I'll give them to you guys and you guys can go and I'm really sorry. And then like everyone feels kind of better. And then the, the same guy that walked up to them before with like the long coat walks up to them and Mr. Shefford's like, oh, no. And she's like, no, it's fine. He's just selling watches. I should get another one for like my mom. And then the guy opens his coat. And like this time though, it's not watches. He's naked. And they're like, (laughs) yes, yes. And you, I actually thought that was going to be the last scene because it ended on that freeze frame that often indicates like the last moment of the episode. But then we actually have the, it's not even a button. It's just the last scene. Mr. Sheffield and Fran are returning to the mansion. It's after the shakes, the show and, um, it's it's dark. Yeah, they've clearly been drinking champagne in the limo and Fran's dressed like in this really, you know, sexy black dress. And they're and- kind of flirty. Like there's yeah. like they get inside the house and there's this almost kiss moment where they like Oh yeah. They're like on the stairs and like they're like looking into each other's eyes and they're gonna kiss and then there's like something's off in the house, I think, which is what stops them. They, they and- hear a muffled yell. Right. It's like mm, mm, and right. they turn on the light. 
The house has been completely cleaned out and Niles is tied to a chair and gagged. And Fran even goes, what are the odds? The one night we go to the theater and then Mr. Sheffield's like, I think the odds are pretty good when the the thief is the one who gave you those tickets. Yeah. Um, He he sent them away. Yeah. He gave back the Shakespeare, but then he kept the keys and the address and he sent them away, came back probably with some friends, tied up Niles and robbed them blind. Like like the house is – like they moved like couches and furniture and every painting on the wall and like like the house is empty. Yes. And then it's funny, the actual last line of this episode was a really interesting and funny one to end on because they're there and uh, Cece comes running in and she's like, the alarm company just called me. I came as soon as I could. And she sees what's happened. And um, and Mr. Sheffield goes, oh no, I wonder if they took my Monet. And then Fran uh, thinking that he's talking about her there's a fake jewelry brand called Monet and she goes you're right my my earrings and so she, so he runs out to uh, no so she runs up the stairs and then Cece goes Maxwell you go you know see what else they took I'll untie Niles and he's like right right and so he runs off so then it's just Cece and Niles and Cece just looks at him and and uh smirks cuz she's clearly not going to untie him and then she looks up at the sky and goes Thank you. <laughs> that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, her delivery was so funny. Yeah. Um, and that was it. And yep. so, once again, she like steal, like she pops into a scene and steals it in two seconds. She's so good. Yeah. And um, so my very last note was it was a really fun app. I really liked it. It was solid. But I go, it was no, I don't remember mama, which no. was the finale of the season of season one where I cried three times. Yeah. But it was also not trying to do that. It was doing its. It was doing a different thing. Yeah, and it was, yeah. And it was good. It was. This was a really strong episode. There's. There's. There's a lot of good stuff. I'm excited to get to favorite lines. Oh yeah. Um, segments. So, segments. And now segments. So. Segments. Yeah. No. I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now segments. Segments. Uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> All right. So one one thing you missed is it, early on when Brighton is in Mr. Sheffield's office complaining about how he doesn't wear glasses or he doesn't want to wear glasses, Cece like puts her arm around him and starts to say all of this terrible stuff to him, basically being like, you don't want to wear them and you'll look dumb. And like, or she's like, like, no, she goes, don't make him wear glasses. He's already so scrawny and underdeveloped. <laughs> she's just like, like terrible mom stuff and Niles leans into Fran and he goes I'll hold her down you tie her tubes and Fran's like yes <laughs> that's, that's my first that's actually my first flagged line in favorite mm-hmm. lines a moment <laughs> I'll hold her down you tie her tubes because she's clearly like not fit to be a parent she's saying the worst possible things you could say to like a 13 year old boy yeah yeah she's not because she's not trying to be mean she's just so clueless she's like don't make him wear glasses he's so scrawny and underdeveloped and aren't these braces enough <laughs> yeah um and then also another CC thing is um, after um, we've established that Fran is now terrified to leave the mansion and is in her pajamas, Niles comes in and she goes, oh, Niles, did you get what I needed? And he's like, he's like, I did, I did. And he hands her a bag and he goes, hairspray, breast spray, and pepper spray. And then he goes, what do you say we switch the labels and give them to Miss Babcock? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the first friend goes, I don't know. And then she goes, no, you know what? That's great. You'll go do it. <laughs> Take <Yeah>. pictures. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let's see what else. Um, well, we I flagged the uh, all you did was pass out puke and pee your pants, <laughs> which I just thought it's like so funny that so it's a great visual. 
Yeah. Um, when when Fran realizes she took the wrong piece of paper, she goes, she goes, I just thought it was some fancy schmancy stationery. Please tell me Macbeth is something you eat with McFries. <laughs> like, and she also was like, and I spent two hours trying to find a pizza place called Two Gentlemen of Verona. <laughs> That's what it is, Two Gentlemen of Verona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I, I think I would, I already mentioned a lot of my favorite jokes just because uh, I liked them so much while we were discussing the plot. Yeah. Like when Fran realizing the mugger took her favorite lipstick and it's a travesty because the Food and Drug Administration discontinued that tie. <laughs> um which is, you know, that's actually something that has happened um, in the past where yeah. like hair dyes have been discontinued and, and their loyal customers have been irate and they want them back yeah. even after they um, yeah. have been proven to cause cancer. Yeah. Um, hey, look, if it makes you look good, it makes you look good. You know, cancer schmancer, as our friend friend would say. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um, um, so Yiddish, uh, we get a word that we've had several times before, schlep. Mr. Yeah. Sheffield even says, to use your vernacular, I'm not going to schlep to New Jersey. Yep. Um, yeah, to see the play. Yeah. Um, the the nanny trivia, it, it's apropos of nothing, but it just was funny and interesting to me. Apparently in real life, Chester the dog hated Cece or hated the actress who played her. And she – in an interview, Lauren Lane wrote – he was fiercely devoted to Fran and they would – oh, she – not Roach. She said, he was fiercely devoted to Fran and they would make me do things like pick him up or come near me and he would try to bite me. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean I think every time you see her reach to him and he goes like – Like yeah. I think that's legit. Like I don't think they trained that dog. I think he just hated that lady. <laughs> or maybe maybe he hated everyone if he was fiercely you know, yeah. loyal. Um, God, though I, I cannot stand dogs that are nippy. I just no, don't me like neither. Him. But it, but it, yeah, that's actually a good point because I think every time he nips, he's in Fran's arms, and someone tries to take him out of her arms, and that's probably how they got like they knew like okay, well, if Fran's holding him, and someone tries to reach for him, he's going to get very protective mm -hmm. and go like rah, rah, yeah. and like nip at them. <laughs> he was also probably nervous on set. Although I think Perfect. she said she said in I think I read in her book that he actually loved being on set. So I don't know. Uh, and then for the Fran or the CC, I actually think. Well, I might be more the – I am very – I am overly forgiving. I, I get screwed over because I, I can genuinely excuse inexcusable behavior and I think this might happen to me. I was going to ask you actually because you lived in New York for so long. Have you ever been mugged? Thankfully, I have never been mugged. Thank yeah. knock on wood. Knock on wood, yeah. But um, I could easily – I could just like – I don't have any street smart or street savvy. So I could easily like – get robbed because of a stupid, overly trusting decision that like I mm -hmm. made. Mm -hmm. Whereas somebody mm -hmm. a little savvier might have been like, you know what, like let's not, you know, this guy probably, you know. Right. You don't, know. You, you don't have that street acumen where you're like reading people from afar going like, oh, maybe I'll like cross the street here. This doesn't look right. I you're just like, like, la, 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 <laughs> It's more that like I would believe somebody's sob story and get right. had for sure. So you're the Fran, and I think I'm the Fran too because I was, I don't know, 19, <laughs> and I had gone to the bank to cash a check from like the waiting job that I was doing, and I walk out of the bank, and I've got like my you know $150 in my pocket or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, I have money now, and I'm getting in my car, and this guy pulls up behind my car, and he's like, hey man, I just quit my job, and I have all of this stereo equipment that I that I took from them, like, do you want? to look at it and buy maybe a stereo off of me. 
And I was like, gee, Willikers, I would love a stereo. <laughs> and I gave him 150 bucks. No. And I bought these three big boxes from him with like a receiver and these two big speakers. And I got home and I opened everything and they were all hollow. <laughs> oh my God. I fell for the old speaker scam, baby. <laughs> Um, P.S. to that story, and we were running out of time, but P.S. to that story is not too long ago, Elizabeth and I were in a parking lot, and this guy drove up to us and rolled his window down, and he was like, hey, like, you guys seem cool. Like, I have, like, a stereo system that I'm selling. And I went, no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want it. <laughs> God. Fool me once. <laughs> Shame you on you. Could, so we're both – you see, I thought you were going to say that because you have been with Liz for so long and Liz is so savvy and has lawyer brain that you don't get hoodwinked anymore. Well, but, I mean, I don't get hoodwinked anymore, but I did get hoodwinked before. Okay. And, okay. Um, and yeah, it's, and if I don't get hoodwinked anymore, it's definitely because Elizabeth is uh, 10 times smarter than I am mm. and would be like, no, honey, that's not, there's no speakers in there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then would boop you on the nose and say, but you're so pretty. <laughs> yes, exactly. She's like, but um, you have a cute smile, cutie. Uh, yeah. Uh, my friend Carrie always says that to me when I do, she'll go, she'll go, but, but you're so pretty. <laughs> Which I um, but so I think that's the episode. That's the episode. That's, the se- that's not just the episode. That's the season. That's right. Season two in the can, baby. Uh, wow. We will probably be back next week for an immediate season three episode, but we might also do like a little skip week or maybe we'll do something fun. I don't know what we're going to do. Well, so to the listener, tuned. there's going to be, it's going to be seamless. Oh, right. Right? Well, there you go. I get, yeah, no, it's going to be seamless. So guys, we'll see you next week where we'll start season three of the nanny. Very excited to get into season three. Um, I feel like I have the least recollection of episodes from like three on. So I'm excited to see yeah. where it goes and what happens and as always, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, please like do a do a review, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, rate and review us. That helps other people find the show. If you want to find us on social media, we're on Twitter and Instagram at oh Mr. Chef Pod. That's oh Mr. Chef Pod with two F's in Chef. Um, and yeah, drop us a line, say hello. Uh, we read every comment. We listen to all of your. You know, people have been leaving voicemails, which we listen to and love, and they make us feel validated and good. So thank you as always for listening. And we're very excited to dive into season three. And on that note, I will say goodbye, Toria. Goodbye, Sean. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Come on. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs>